Hello and welcome to another edition of the Third Shift Football Podcast. This time we're going over a not so super wild card weekend, looking ahead to the divisional round and wondering, God, do we really need the seven seed? Yeah, we do. Shut up. everybody how are you doing it's the third shift football podcast i am josh atkins with neil tarver neil how are we doing on this fine wednesday i am so cold yeah so it was cold. cold it's gonna be cold here in rochester like you're coming up so um sorry this podcast is a few days late i was on vacation in salt lake city utah got back late tuesday and i missed a nor'easter that hit the whole state of new york neil there was 18 inches on my car cool so that was fun. So yeah, awesome. I know you're dealing with some cold weather. It's gonna be cold here in Rochester and the whole yeah, get, state. Gird your loins for that one, buddy. It's coming. Yeah, ugh, not good. So anyway, I did get to watch all the wild card games live. It was not a great weekend. On paper, it was great, like we said. And really, we only got one good game, and it was the first game. And that's debatable, really. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. That that I'll, give, I'll say this, Tampa or uh, not Tampa, uh, San Francisco Dallas was technically close. It was spicy because of the ending. Let's just be real. Spicy is one word just for it. Yes, or just god awful. So, Neil, there. Before we get into the games, there's a lot of discussion of whether we should even have seven seats. Should we go back to six? Should we add? I'm in the favor of adding. I have a reason, and it's actually I good. A reason. Okay, so we have five, six, seven, right? So that's three. Let's add eight. Let's have the wild card teams play each other, and then let's go back to the old format of okay, we have those games. So really, the division winner would get the top two seeds still get a buy. Every actually, excuse me, the division winners get a buy. So one through four get a buy. The lowest of the wild card teams. Actually, hold on. I don't think that works now. Never mind. Keep it to seven. I like seven. It, it wouldn't work because if you do the wild card games and you don't have enough teams, you would need 10. But then it still doesn't work. If you do, it, it'd be a lot of processing, which it wouldn't happen. It'll be seven because 50 well, million. Have, if you were to do eight, you'd have to do the multi tiered buy. You'd have to do one and two, get a two week buy, three and four, get a buy, and then the wild card teams play each other. The winners play the. Yeah, Thank that'd you. be too long. Yeah, you'd have to do the multi-tiered buy, which is not good. I mean, we've all seen teams that have two weeks off just out the gate. So, uh, I don't know. I kind of said it in jest, but I mean, look, the Steelers and the Eagles. Like, the Eagles were at least somewhat interesting before they got shit on by the uh, playoff Tom Brady and the Bucks. But, like, in did the Steelers deserve to be in the playoff? No. Was the, Wait, was, the, was the playoffs better because the Pittsburgh Steelers were there? No, to be fair, we got three hours. To be fair, the Colts shit the bed. The Colts would have been a much better team. Hell, the Chargers. But the Colts would have... wouldn't have been. The Colts wouldn't have been the seven seed. No. If the Colts had went out, they would have been what the five or the six. I think they would have been the six. They would have been the six. No, I think they would have been seven because no, they would have been six. The Patriots have been seven. The Raiders would have been five. Because the Raiders had a tiebreaker over the Colts. The Colts had a tiebreaker over the Patriots. 
Yeah, it's, but my point is, it's like, I mean, even if you put all those teams you just listed, you would have had, maybe the Chargers in this, if they had won, would have probably been a more deserving team, but they didn't. Of all the teams you listed, the Colts would have been the seven seed. Your seven seeds probably would have been the Raiders, the Steelers, or the Patriots. And after last weekend, can you look me in the eye and tell me any of those teams deserve to be in the playoffs? No, but I... The Colts were the first seven seed last year. I can't quite remember who was the seven seed in the NFC, but the Colts took the Bills to the wire with Phillip Rivers, who couldn't throw past 30 yards. So it's only the second year. And to be fair, 50 million people at the end of the Cowboys Niners game. Granted, that was the, um, I believe, the four, the three six matchup. But oh, still, God, I think uh, the seven seed last year in the NFC was Chicago. Yeah, they didn't deserve to be in it last year. But the Colts definitely were last year, and they took the Bills to the wire. And I don't know if the Colts would have beat the Ravens or, no, they would have played the Chiefs. I don't know if they beat the Chiefs in the next round. Probably not. But it's still the fact of the NFL doesn't give a damn if the games are good. People are going to tune in. Yeah, pretty much. I heard down NFL Live when I was flying back, and it was a great analogy. I, it's going to stay. It's this. Well, that's because extra money. There's well, a and- huge gap between two and seven as far as talent. They're always going to be. There well, might be an upset, but if it was, if the upset would have happened last year with the Colts and Bills, because there was no crowd because of COVID nineteen. Yeah, look, I, I, the seven seed. This is just a bad year for. It. And like, frankly, no matter what teams you put in, there were some competitive looking matchups in here, like Arizona, LA. That was a tightly contested matchup all year, and then. Pfft, yeah, it, it's it was a bad weekend, frankly, of football. Like it just was teams. The teams that we thought were going to win won, and then the games that were close were kind of shit fests. It was just a bad weekend of football. They're going to stick with it because of money, but we'll move on. So Bengals Ra- Raiders was actually, I thought, a decent game. It was fun. The officiating is the story of the game, though, and that it bothers me so much. We have talked about all year on this podcast. Other people have talked about on other shows, podcasts, you name it. They have talked about this. Neil, I know this. I, can, I, can I say one thing about the officiating? Yes. So I did not get to watch this game live. I was at a Blues game in St. Louis, but one of the people I was with was a Bengals fan. So he was having a great time. Oh, but I, at one he didn't point, tell me this. Yeah, at one point when we were driving away, he was watching something on his phone. And it was a six minute long compilation of all the shit the refs got wrong. <laughs> it was like, oh, that's that's not good. I've gone back and watched some things, but it's just like, oh, oh yeah, the officiating this one was bad. And the one thing everyone's focusing on is the inadvertent whistle on the on that one touchdown. Do you want to hear my thoughts on that whistle? It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. Like, yes, by the rules, it should have it should have taken away the down. It should have been stopped, replayed, yada, yada. It didn't matter to the play. It didn't the whistle didn't blow until the ball was in the air. And by that yeah. point, whoever caught the touchdown, I think it was uh T- Tyler Boyd, was already yes. wide ass open. Like he was wide open. There was no one within like three yards of him. So everyone's like, oh, this efficient screw over the Raiders. I'm like. I think they got the call right, frankly. I would have been more pissed if they took away that amazing bro throw and touchdown to Tyler Boyd than if they had called it dead for that. I think I, the, the process was wrong, but I think the result was right. But oh, it's just shit like that. It mars a great play because everyone's talking about, oh, it should have been blown dead because of the inadvertent whistle. I'm like The whistle didn't change the play. No. 
that whistle didn't change the play. And if you had called it correctly, you would have taken away that touchdown for no reason. Here's what I want to say about the play. Cause you're absolutely right. I just want to piggyback off it. If you watched, if you watched the replay of that play, the officials already made up his mind way before Burrow makes the throw way before he makes the jump throw. He made his mind. You could tell by the way his mouth's moving. If any of you played instruments, any instrument at all that requires your mouth, because Neil and I have both have been marching band, band, whatever, most of our lives. You could tell. He was blowing that whistle no matter what. And here's the problem with that. The officials have done it all season long. They have made horrific call after horrific call. I understand they have a tough job. But if we can see it from the stands, if we can see it from the, t- from the couch, they can see it on the field. Because guess what? I've played at the college level. I have played high school. It's You can see it still. You may not be in a stance where you get a better view or on your couch. You can still see it. They're bad. They, the NFL makes way too much damn money. The NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, I can name every professional sport. I can do it in college. Shoot, all these places make so much money. Train your people and make them do a better job. Because guess what, Neil? You and I and everybody that listens to this podcast, if we do a bad job, at our actual job, we're canned. We're off the street. They don't give a damn. And that's all they need to treat these officials. I would love to have their job and make their money. Because guess what? I ain't screwing up. I'm going to be the best damn official. I want to officiate every Super Bowl. And guess what? Now these officials from that game, they're done. They don't officiate the rest of the postseason. And if I was the NFL, they're done. Yeah, That was embarrassing. The first game of what you call Super Wild Card Weekend – and that's all that, – that's what we've talked about this whole podcast so far. Yeah, Outside I mean, of the seven, simple, eights, the seven seed debate. There's a simple fix to that. If you don't know if you stepped out of bounds, just don't throw the whistle. It's under two minutes. It's a scoring play. It's going to probably get reviewed. I mean, they, just just swallow the whistle for a second and let the play happen. I agree. But out, outside of that, like, there was also the, the weak pass interference call that helped the Raiders almost score a game-winning touchdown. Exactly. It's just – Ah, ref ball sucks and we, yeah, i'm with you we need more accountability but we'll never get it every single league protects the shit out of their referees for and reasons some, i don't understand in some ways i get it because you can't have people coming in and just these people have a hard job they are only human and i understand that but they're trying to protect them from people like doing things or yada, yada but you're also protecting them from any sort of accountability and maybe Maybe they think internally there's enough, like that Jerome Broger crew from the Cincy game. You're right, it's out. And apparently all the reports say the NFL is pissed at that crew. And But Broger's been shit all year. I all saw year. him and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, Jesus, it's him. Like, his crews have been bad all year. Yet he's working a playoff game? The first one. I, not, not, I, not, not, not Cowboys-Niners where it's the fifth game or the – it was the first game. It sets the tone. It always does. Oh, okay. Let's, but Joe Burrow balled out. Joe Burrow had a nice game. Derek Carr had a pretty good game. Uh, Do you want a hot take from me? The Bengals ran too much. I don't know why they kept running. Oh my God. Preach. If they do this against Tennessee, they're losing. You, I know. It's like, why are you calling these runs? You're getting stuffed every freaking time. Like, they did, they gave the ball to Joe Mixon 17 times, and he got them 48 yards. That is under three yards of carry. 
Like they were averaging, I think they're, here's the team stats. They had 25 rushes for eight, for 83 yards. That's 3.3 yards a carry. Meanwhile, they were throwing the ball. They couldn't defend Jamar Chase. They couldn't defend their receiving weapons. Why are you passing? Why are you running? Just throw the damn ball. First play of the game for the Bengals offense was Jamar Chase. He dropped in and guess what happened after that? Sheer. Oh my God. Neil Jamar Chase was you postering it. dudes. You like, he's good. And now I think, I think teams are going to have to start putting size on Jamar Chase. You're going to have to basically probably size up and put someone over the top on Jamar. Nobody but has that in the AFC. The remaining guys, eh, well, Jerry Sneed's got some good size to him. Okay, but it's not like Jalen Ramsey. Very yeah. few people are. <laughs> the point, I. The Raiders, I love that they fought. It's a great story for them considering everything that happened. This game's about the Bengals. And guess yeah. what? The Chiefs and Bills do not want that. Whoever wins that game does not want the Bengals. They better pray to God Tennessee pulls this out of their ass. Well, it's it's going to be interesting because I like the Bengals, and this is another good example of how good of a team they are. They beat a decent Raiders team. They're not great. I think they kind of backdoored in the playoffs, but – they were able to somewhat mitigate the uh, Raiders defensive line up front, which is saying something with their O-line, but they still gave up five quarterback hits, two sacks, and that was a good day for them. That w- That's a good day. Like, their O-line still has problems, and I still don't buy their pass rush. Like, the Bengals are fun, but they still are flawed. And I think this, we'll talk about it later, but I think Tennessee's actually a fascinating matchup from their defensive perspective because it's a lot like the Raiders – except the Titans, I think, get more interior pressure, which I think is more of a problem for the Bengals. Right. So let's go to the Saturday night recap. We're going Saturday to Monday, and we'll get to the divisional round. Wow, did that Bills-Patriots game get out of hand? And it got out of hand quick. Well, there's one. We all probably – we I think we were all blinded by the weather game that first game they played where they're like, Oh, maybe the Patriots aren't. No, I think we probably should have taken more from that week 16 game than we did from the weather game. But this version of the Patriots is straight up, not on the level of the bills at this point, because they can't keep up offensively. They can't do anything, especially when, and I'm going to criticize Belichick here. You are handcuffing your offense. Yeah. Bill in this game did not trust Mac Jones. And you have to straight up lost them this game. To be, I want to say this. People are saying Mac Jones, this Mac Jones, that he can't lead a team. Guess what? He led his team to the damn playoffs. He may not have the stats that Josh Allen or Mahomes has or even Joe Burrow, but it's not an accident he got his team to the playoffs. Look at Carson Wentz and the Colts. They sat at home. Mac Jones on the Colts, they're in the playoffs. I'm going to be brutally honest. That's why Carson Wentz may not be in a Colt uniform in 2022. Mac Jones should have thrown the ball more. The Patriots need an X receiver, like desperately. Yeah. They need that. But they have good enough receivers. They, the Bills don't have Tredavious White. I want to be fair, though. That game turned upside down when Micah Hyde made that incredible interception. Holy yeah. shit. Mac Jones threw a perfect deep ball. It was going to be a game-time touchdown, and it came out of nowhere, and it changed the game. Yeah, my guy's a damn good player, and you're right. And I think it – look, people are going to say, oh, even he doesn't trust Mac Jones. He threw 38 times that game. And, yeah, because they were behind. But in, like, clutch situations are like, fourth and short or something like that, Bill does not trust him. He just doesn't. Like, he – it's – this offense 
the way it's called, the way it's built, and this personnel just does not have what it takes to keep up with Buffalo. It just doesn't. And finally, when Buffalo was in in shit weather and allowed to throw more, it also exposed some things on the Patriots defense. I mean, like their lack of corner depth. I think JC Jackson is one of the best corners in the league, but beyond that, they're decent, but against a pool, like against a pool of, of receivers like Buffalo, it's an issue. Yeah. And so I think we all going into this game went, okay, so they beat him in week, whatever the weather game was. And then they, it was a close, it was a still a, it was a beat down in week 16. But if you don't remember the game that well, just look at the score, like, oh, it wasn't that bad. No, this Bills team is just too much. And we probably expected too much of the Patriots in what is a building block here with Mac Jones. It's impressive as hell they made the playoffs because we both agree there was no way they were making it the start of the season. No, no, but. Kudos to them. It's a great mm-hmm. experience for Mac Jones because, like you said, with the fourth downs, Tom Brady's at quarterback. What do you think they're doing? They're throwing they're, the ball. They're going for it. They're, 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 go, they're going for They're going for the ball. I mean, it's just <sighs> Tom Brady could have won this game with the Patriots. Oh, yeah, I'm being down. No, I'm being dead serious. Tom Brady. <laughs> think about think about his last year with the Patriots. Right, he had no weapons outside of Julian Edelman. This team actually has weapons. They have Hunter Henry. They the have John Smith. The Titans are really good. Probably the best they've had since they had Gronk and uh, Martellus Bennett. Then and Jacoby they, Myers is a good He's weapon. not Julian Edelman, but he's a pretty good slot receiver. And Nikhil Harry is what it is. But And then the running backs are really good. They just didn't have James White. I They handcuffed Mac Jones and it killed him because they had to be aggressive. Because let's face it. That's the best game the Bills have had all year, and it came at the perfect time. However, Josh Allen has to play pretty close to that level if they want to get to the Super Bowl and win it. Yeah, and has has he shown he can keep that up for multiple stretches this year? I don't trust their offensive line. I know it's played better, but the Patriots' pass rush was a no-show, which was kind of surprising. Guess what? They're playing the Chiefs' D-line, and they've been humming. Everyone's be like, oh, they didn't do much in, in the first game, and we'll get to that later. But Chris Jones is back for this one. And like Chris Jones na- didn't play in that position. first game. Yeah, Chris Jones position. is back, and they have Melvin Ingram. But that's we'll get to that later. So, but yeah, the Bills, the Bills. This was a great showing. They almost had the perfecto on offense. It wasn't for those kneel downs at the end of the game. They were rolling up and down. Their defense looked great. That Mike Hyde pick. Levi Wallace had one. I do have concerns. The Tredavious White injury is still looming large and they just haven't had a team that can really exploit that yet because i mean who who on the patriots is going to make your secondary depth show up? that's why they need an x receiver in the offseason they just don't have the weapons to exploit you on the outsides and other teams in this playoff will both the Bengals, the titans and the chiefs all have true number one receiving threats and a deep enough receiver core that'll make you suffer like do you think a Levi Wallace led set Levi Wallace led set cornerback group is going to shut down AJ Brown and Julio Jones or nope. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins, or hell, even Tyree Kill, Byron Pringle, and uh Nicole Hardman. I mean, it's nope. Good it, luck. It's gonna be tougher sledding going on for the Bills, but this is a great for showing. Yeah, I agree with that. So let's go to the Sunday. We had three games. Boy, did Jalen Hurts look bad. I know like Tampa looked really good. I'm not going to take anything away from that, but the first drive the Eagles had, Neil Jalen hurts. If he just sat in the damn pocket, like a quarterback should great. I don't mind him scrambling. He's a great athlete. Mm -hmm. He sits in the court in the pocket. That's not collapsed yet. He would have had a post route for a touchdown. 
He's, All he had to do was just lob it up there. And the receiver calls in, it's a tie game. Again, you can't make these mistakes it at was, this level because you're going to lose. You're right. I mean, it was – on one hand, I almost can't say too much bad about Jalen Hurts. It was a bad weekend for first-time quarterbacks this weekend. Like, Mac Jones was probably the best, like, first-time playoff quarterback, and that's saying something. No, Joe Burrow. This is his first one. Sorry. not jo- Sorry, Joe Burrow. And, Joe Burrow. And Derek Carr was his first one by actual technicality because he didn't play in the postseason. He looked, he looked okay. But my point is, like, some there was not a good weekend. Like, Kyler Murray is sending out there. It, it's just – it was the first time – I'm not going to take too much away. The people are calling for Jalen Hurts' head after this game. No, no, no. I'm not either. I know. I know. I know. But I think that's unfair. I think he got in and played a much superior opponent without really – he kind of has the weapons, but kind of not to take advantage. Like It was just a bad matchup, and you're not going to get any relief when Tom Brady's on that other sideline. No. Tom looks sharp. Man, yeah. did he look good. Now, part of that is the Eagles play that bend but don't break. We're going to sit back in soft zone and hope you make a mistake. And, uh, yeah, against Tom Brady, that's just not going to work. I hate those defenses. I really do. I hate them. And against, today's some, in a- against some teams, they work. Like, it, against Kansas City or Buffalo, it can kind of work once you make, like, Allen or Mahomes just really get patient with the ball. Not against Tom Brady. Tom Brady's entire game is checkdowns. <laughs> You're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to see if he can if I make a force one. He's not going to force one. It's, that's always interesting. But look, the Eagles are overmatched in this game. We all knew they were. It, it is what it is. The Buccaneers look good, although we're going to have to monitor the Tristan Wirfs injury. Because if yeah. that O-line gets hurt, then all of a sudden you have a relatively immobile QB going up against – they're playing the Rams next week, right? Yeah, going up against Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller. Do you want that? No. That offensive line's been healthy for two straight years, and that's why Tom has looked that – Tom Brady's great still at 44, which is – mind-blowing mm-hmm. but he's had all the time in the world and when tom brady has that yeah he's the best quarterback of all time if you pressure him he's like any other quarterback he's average if not anything taking... he's at this point he's worse i mean tom yes. just does not have like he can do some things still because he's tom brady but yeah he cannot move like today's quarterbacks he's an old school pocket passer yeah like yeah he's allowed a little throw on the run but he can't quite do that so you get to tom you can't. We'll see. Tristan Merce might be healthy, but that's just something to monitor go forward. Yeah. Uh, next game. Boy, there's a lot to unpack. Oh, my Oh, God. I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> Mail the floor is yours because, uh, wow. If my, well, I want to say this before you go. Mike McCarthy should not be a head coach. No, no, he should not. That's not, that's not hot, right? I feel like that's, he should not be the head coach. That's a cold take. That's so cold. Thank it you. hurt my hand when I touched it. Thank you. The floor <laughs> is yours. Say, oh, my God. What the fuck to say about this game? You know how there's a lot of games you're like watching. I think they're saying this like the Chiefs Bengals or whatever, where it's like, it's a shame one of these teams has to lose. By the end of that game, I was sitting there going, wow, one of these teams has to win. That's, that's just not right. That is not right at all. Like the Niners, the Niners came out and kicked Dallas in the face. Like they came out, they They scored on their, they went full Antonio Brown on that punter a few years ago. Exactly. They came out, they scored on their first three possessions, kind of. They two of those are field goals. They came out strong. They got first three possessions. Their defensive line was smothering Dak. They couldn't get anything going. They kind of allowed a touchdown at the end, but they got another field goal. They went up nine at the half. And then they scored again in the third quarter. So they're up 16. Their offense has been deep, has been dominating all game, despite how their secondary is. 
And then Garoppolo happens. <laughs> and this is the eternal problem with the San Francisco 49ers is that no matter what is happening, no matter how well the team is playing, no matter how well Jimmy's playing, the offense, whatever, no matter what is happening, Jimmy Garoppolo is just so close to disaster. You can feel it. It's just on the wind. And then he just sails that pass to Ayuk and shit starts to unravel. <laughs> and then I'm, you're I like, got my so, popcorn. I'm just, I'm just and, saying that. And then, so you're sitting there and like, oh shit. And so he does that. And then the... Niner, I think not the Niners. The Cowboys managed to get a touchdown drive on the board, and you're like, "Oh no!" Okay. No, they got a field goal before that. Then Jimmy threw the pick, and then they got yeah. the touchdown. Yeah, that's so what they're I'm saying. With, they're with. So they're, they're within six. strikes. Yeah, and then, and then, they almost have a fumble. There's another play where Jimmy just like yeets the ball over, like I think it was Kittle or Ayuk, and just completely <laughs> misses an open throw, just like full on fucking meltdown. They get to like fourth and one and Kyle Shanahan who'd already not gone for fourth. And, okay. Backtrack. Kyle Shanahan. I, I'm sorry. I've taken up way too much time on this, but this game was just ludicrous to me. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius. And I don't think I disagree with that, but for a supposed offensive genius, he sure looks at fourth and one and goes, I don't think I can get a yard, but what the fuck with one of the best O lines of football. You are the best O lines of the league. You have Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. And you're just like, one yard's too risky. Just one. We got to kick a field goal or punt. I can't. I can't draw anything up for one yard. And then, and then he they, does it. And it was then, one of the false start. They find they're going to do it to ice the game, and there's a false start. It's like why? And then How? and then it gets better. The Cowboys get the ball. Dak completes a beautiful, beautiful pass for 38 yards and an incomplete, incomplete, incomplete punt. Punt. Big they punt. punt it. They. No, no, no. That was early in the game. They did okay. a fake punt, which we, was cool. But then they, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. The fake punt wasn't cool because they completed it, and then they left the punt team on the field to try and draw That's the late game penalty, and then swapped it out with too much, too little time, and he got a late game. That's why it's I, beautiful. I have gone full stream of consciousness of this game because the fourth quarter of this game was some of the worst, most baffling football I have ever seen. And then the oh. Cowboys punt it. It said going for, I think it was fourth and short, I'm pretty sure. Probably. And then the Niners. Oh, my God. The Niners. Okay. So they get the fourth and one. And Kyle Shanahan calls a great play. Or it was like fourth and four or something. He almost gets the first down. Really close. Debo was really close. And then all start. So then they have to punt to the Cowboys. There's like 30-something seconds left. The Cowboys move it up the field because the Niners are like, you know what, we're not going to protect the sideline, whatever. Then they do. And then here's the best play, Neil. 14 seconds ago. Oh, my God. They call a QB draw, which is fine. As long as Dak gets down quickly out there to first down. And then they're at the – let's just say he goes down to 30, right? Go ahead, Neil. Go ahead. You got your finger up. Go for it. Hey, yeah, um, about this play. It's fine. Hey, 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 Dak and the Cowboys O-line, I have a small, just a small thing for you. You don't get to spot the ball. The ref has to do that shit. But we haven't got to that point yet, Neil. Oh. Then they run the ball. Dak doesn't go there. He goes to the 20. So he costs himself a second or two. There's a great video from Dan Orlowski from ESPN about this. It's brilliant, right? That's what I'm kind of getting to. Then, as Neil alluded to, 
They don't get the ball to the ref. He gets that gets it to the center. What the fuck are you doing? And the center and the entire O line gets set up. And everybody slaps the dance goes. They're just doing a, a, a gentle jog on this the This ref is actually like the Cowboys blame the ref after the game. I no. disagree with that shit. And that, Dak yeah, they showed the they showed the video, and that ref is running as fast as he can to keep up with that play. Like, remember, oh, the ref should have been in position. I'm like, I'm sorry, Mike, an NFL ref isn't as fast as Dak Prescott. And so this poor ref is trying to, like, blow through the line to spot. He is trying. He is trying to help not have this happen. And, no, the Cowboys just don't. I just – look, there's not a lot of detailed analysis here. This was one of the sloppiest, dumbest games of the weekend. The Niners should have won this game by a lot. The Cowboys could not get out of their own way of possessions a thing, but another Jimmy Garoppolo meltdown let them back in the game. And on the Niners, on the Cowboys side, they should have won this game. They had so many chances to win or do something with this game. And they just kept fucking up. And they could Great. not get out of their own way. They were unprepared. They were undisciplined. Their game management was terrible. This is Mike McCarthy. This is oh, Mike McCarthy's it's, fault. It's him and this the whole coaching sh- staff. This Hulk is the shit he did in Green Bay that kept them out of things. Like people were showing like recaps speaking of that uh, Seattle comeback oh uh, in, the, in the championship game. This is the same shit he was doing in there. His game management is terrible. His decision-making is terrible. This game is enough to fire Mike McCarthy. A whole coaching I would, staff. Why would you give Kellen Moore a job? Why? Why? Because why? he's done enough this season. I would promote no. Kellen Moore, honestly. No. Like the draw in theory is okay. No, it, it, McCarthy should admit it. But McCarthy said he liked the idea, and that's that is a reflection on the head coach. Yeah, the offensive coordinator is going to get all galaxy brain and be like, okay, yeah, we can get like ten more yards, and then we get a better shot at the end zone. It's your job to either say no or make sure you had practiced enough to know that Dak needs to get down earlier. They need to give the ball to the ref to spot and not have all this happen. Like, it's such, what happened on that play? They give themselves such a razor-thin margin for error that it just all went to shit. And that yep. is a reflection on Mike McCarthy. And you can tell how bad this was because I am mad about a Cowboys loss. Yeah, and most of us love Cowboy losses. I mean, I had to go to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and I was pissed. I was, it's, it's a wasted year of that old line that's getting old. It's a wasted year of Dak. It's a wasted year of Ezekiel Elliott, who is starting to lose his explosiveness. They didn't this play Tony a, Pollard. I, I, that blows my mind. Like They played on, like, one drive. They scored on it. They were like, yep, time back. Back to Zeke's gimpy ass. This game's just a failure. It's a if from Jerry the Cowboys' Jones, perspective. If J- this game's more about the Cowboys. And everybody was pissed that, like, get up and first take on ESPN, talk about the Cowboys all, all day. It should be. This team had Super Bowl talent all over the board, and the coaching staff held him back. If Jerry Jones keeps Mark McCarthy, I don't give a damn. Like, I won't care about next year because I know it's going to be the same shit unless they prove me wrong. Yeah, and, like, this team has been backsliding at the half of the year. And, look, I want to give respect to the Niners. They came in there barring the fourth quarter. They came in there and played their brand of football. The pass rush got home. They were relatively – good during the first couple of quarters they're getting balls in space Debo Samuel is a stud but when you look at this game you cannot ignore the just colossal failure on the other side I mean congrats to the Niners they were deserving winners of this game but from a talent perspective and from what should have happened that probably should not be the case and that is a reflection on Dallas it is but yeah kudos 49ers you get to go to Lambeau 
Sorry if that was a little stream of consciousness at the beginning. This game was so spectacularly fucking stupid. It just infuriates me. Let's get to your Chiefs, Neil. Doing really, I mean, Big Ben's career's over. I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh, oh my God. I sent you that they, when they were showing. So this whole game, like, look, it started off slow. The def- there was a defensive touchdown by the Steelers and the Chiefs went, all right, we're done and just killed them. So I have a story for this. We're having dinner with Annie's grandparents. Then, then after we started eating dinner after the TJ Watt touchdown. So I had to like rewatch the game. I look at my watch because Neil texts me, goes, the Chiefs have chosen violence. I then proceed to look at the score after dinner and I went, oh God. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about this game. I mean, yeah, the Chiefs are probably the hottest team next to the Packers in the playoffs right now. And I live in Bill's country, and they keep saying they're going to win. I'm like, hold your horses, y'all. They're not going to, like, blow out the Chiefs. It's going to be a really tight game. If anything, the Chiefs might blow out the Bills. No, like, I'm not going no, to go no, that far. I'm, I'm not either. I'm just saying if I had to pick a blowout, I'd probably take Kansas City. I mean, when you hang 42 on any team, especially that defense, that, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, Mm. The Chiefs, there's not much to take away from this game in my mind. This is the second time in, like, what, three weeks? Roughly, yeah. That the Chiefs have just demolished the Steelers. The Steelers had a good enough D-line, kind of a suspect secondary and stuff, and the Chiefs just shredded them. Like, the the Steelers hung with them for a quarter. They got that touchdown and basically just pissed the Chiefs off. That's it. They they the Chiefs tried to win that weird triple option with Michael Hardman and Darrell Williams, and it went. Yeah, I didn't like that. They were and then yeah, they're fucking around. And then the Chiefs got serious. They pissed them off enough that they got serious and ended the game because the Chiefs' offensive talent is fucking choice. And that's the story of the game. The Chiefs are a really talented team still. Their defense is playing really well. I mean, twenty one points by Pittsburgh probably doesn't shine too well, but a lot of that was. The Chiefs went up 35 to seven at one point. Yeah, and, the game's over. Yeah, and the game's over. And that's when they gave up the two touchdowns. And realistically, the Chiefs defense gave up 14 points. That's it. The two touchdowns. Frankly, it didn't look like they gave that much of a shit. <laughs> it was cool to see Juju Smith Schuster back, though. Like, yeah, that was I bet cool. he wishes he was on a different team. If on the Steelers, this is what, like, we alluded to the Patriots, they need an X receiver. Obviously, they're going to have to get a quarterback because Mason mm-hmm. Rudolph is not your answer. Lord help us. And he said on Wednesday that he wants to be the answer. Get your offensive line fixed. Yeah. Get that I mean, fixed and then worry about the quarterback. Like, don't waste your first round pick on a quarterback. It's not there this year. And you're too, you, you made the playoffs. Now your pick's not good enough for even Kenny Pickett, which would be cool. You know, he played a pit mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, but get the offensive line right. Get a placeholder QB and go from there. Hell, Hell, Drew Locke's fine, to be honest. Seriously. Frankly, no, not as a place. Yeah, I would yeah, rather play Mason. Um, no, uh, yes. Yes. No. Okay. Beyond that point, like, look, I'm throwing some shade at Pittsburgh because they got trounced. But to piggyback off of what Sam Monson was saying on the PFF podcast, that team didn't want to be there. That team was ready to go home. Then the Colts shit happened, and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs and you're playing Kansas City. And, yeah, they came out with some fire and fury, but – that offense was done. Like they averaged 2.8 yards per play in the first half. That is I what think the Chris averaged. Chris Collinsworth said something about all oh, the Steelers first drive bad again. They were bad all year. That offense was never good. That offense was terrible all year. All year. 
And like, oh, it's just, it was just a broken unit. You had an old quarterback who doesn't have it anymore. You had a bad offensive line. You had a rookie running back who had a bad line in front of them and decent pass catchers, but just not enough to really make a difference. The Steelers are in a weird place. They need to restock a quarterback. They need to restock an O-line. They just need to figure out, and they need to restock their defense, frankly. Their it's players starting to get older and TJ Watts, somewhat injury prone, like his brother. Um, Shocker. Like, like all I, of I will say this. Except for Derek. Derek's a monster. I will say this. So I think if the Steelers had, like, the Broncos O-line when Peyton was in his last year, they could have maybe done something. Uh, yeah. Anyone have won the Super Bowl, they could have been at least competitive yeah, in the playoffs. Everyone remembers Peyton's final year, and he got to walk off in the sunset with the Super Bowl ring. Peyton is not the reason they won that no. Super Bowl. They won that despite Peyton. That was the year where he is the game he set the record for most yards. The Chiefs picked him off six times. That was that year. He was done. And the only reason he stayed upright is because he had a dominant defense and a good old line and a decent running game. Uh, Pittsburgh and Demarius Thomas. He had Demarius. Rest in peace, Demarius. Yeah. Um, but you know the worst thing about this game? So it was three hours of them sucking off Big Ben. <gasps> Did you see that word graphic they posted? Big Ben, family man. Really? No. no. Look, really? look, as a player, <laughs> he was great. He has a Hall of Fame career. As a person, he's awful. Yeah, they're trying to like celebrate. Like, look, no. Big Ben is a Hall of Famer. I, I'm not like play it play wise. You're right. He's a Hall of Famer. He's been a great quarterback for almost 20 years. Won two Super Bowls. He was one of the best in the game. Uh, maybe let's tone it back on how great of a person and what he means to people. Let's maybe tone it back on that because, <laughs> yeah, there's some All skeletons right. in the closet. Let's go to the last game and let's and then do, do the divisional round. So, oh, Kyler. Cliff oh, my Kingsbury sweet, my needs to go too. Child. He's got to go. He's like Mike McCarthy. He had his team. His team wasn't prepared. And then oh. Kyler and then Kyler shit the bed. I'm not saying he's not a franchise quarterback because there's some people are spinning out that shit. No, but he was not good. And I want to. That's a lot on the coach. His coach oh, yeah. should not put him in the right position. Look, okay. Kyler Murray with Andy Reid or Frank Wright. Guess how good he's going to be. Really freaking good with those two head coaches. Hell, I would even say any any of the coaches that like Matt Lafleur, Sean McVay, Frank Wright. Uh, I would say in Buffalo he'd be really good. That was bad from Arizona. I know you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, but the Rams just took it to you, and you had no adjustment. But you, that's all you didn't have was DeAndre Hopkins. You didn't have DeAndre Hopkins for some of the other matchups. Like one receiver should not completely tank your offense like nope. it should be worse but it should completely tank it and if you're that dependent that's saying something but look kyler's gonna be fine people are like oh is he not as good as he like do you remember remember lamar's first playoff game bad oh he got killed like the chargers brought like kind of one of those cover zero kind of things that kept people in blitzed a lot and lamar could not handle it it was against the chargers in 2018 Yep. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. Like, he'll be fine. We've seen good quarterbacks go on. He was an MVP like candidate to start of the year before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with you on Cliff Kingsbury. Not just because of this year, but because this is a thing with him. From the Action Network, they've gone back to – he's been a head coach since 2013 with Texas Tech and then three years with the Cardinals. These are his end-of-seasons – totals with those teams he went 
one of five and 13, two of four and 14, two of four and 15, uh, two of six and 16, two of six and 17, and then oh and five and 18 to finish out the season at Texas Tech. Then as the Cardinals coach, he would. Apologies. We have a live. Apologies. We have a live, people. Should have put my phone on mute, and I'm very sorry for that. Then with the Cardinals, he in 19, he went two of seven to finish the year. He went two of five to finish 20, and he's gone one and five to finish 21. This is a thing with his teams. They are not good down the stretch. And this is a trend stretching back like eight years now. He just doesn't change. He doesn't adapt. Teams come in and they're ready for him. Like midway through the season, teams figure him out and he has no answers. And that's going to be his thing. Cause we were all like the year started and we're like, Oh, it's Cliff Kingsbury coach of the year, the Carl's yada, yada. And we all forgot. And then we got reminded because this team was a number one seed. They were looking at the best teams in the league without yada, yada, And they lost DeAndre, which sucks, but it doesn't make up for the fact they lost to some bad teams in there. Absolutely. And they just completely unimpressive down the stretch. So, yes, I think this is a reflection of it's time to go with Cliff. He's faded down the stretch every season he's been a head coach. That team looked vastly unprepared for a for opponent they've played twice. This is not yeah. their first time seeing the Rams. They've played them twice, and they looked like they were like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> You're right. This, it's a failure. It's like it's kind of like the Dallas. It's just a failure of coaching and prep, preparation. And I want to be like, fair on this point, though, with, it, with this point. This is how the Rams should play. It's about damn time. I know they haven't had game makers all year, but my I, God, like don't make Stafford throw it 50 times. He's a good yeah. quarterback. Don't he, of course he's going to make mistakes when he has to do that. You made him look like what you thought you were going to get with him. They ran the ball down their throats. OBJ is dominating with Cooper cup. Like, it's going to be really hard to beat this Rams team. I think they're hitting their stride. It took a minute without Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. I think they're hitting it, but they're playing a really bad matchup. I do have still have concerns about this Rams team. One, I don't think they were they were good on offense. I don't think they were like mind-blowing on offense. No, no, no. It's just they played how they should. Yes, they a lot more running the ball. They kind of it was the, the power run and the play action pass thing. They did that well, but their defense dominated in this game. They shell-shocked Kyler early. They just took the Cardinals completely out of anything they tried to do, and that's their defense won them this game. So their offense really didn't have to do that much. Right. Because they were constantly getting off the field, uh, just wearing them down. My question is, can you repeat this performance against the Buccaneers or the Packers or – well, the Niners probably aren't a great example for this, but no, Niners. no, I, I get what you're saying. I let's get into that here in a second. I think mm-hmm. they can. So let we did a wild card, but thank mm-hmm. God we're done with that. Now we're the divisional round. These games are always good. And if they're duds, I'm really sorry. <laughs> we said it last week. We'll be wrong again, damn it. <laughs> First game, Saturday uh, afternoon, 4:30 Eastern time. Bengals, Titans, Titans are the one seed. They are expected to get Derrick Henry back. I'm saying expected because nothing's been announced that he's going to play. He's off injured reserved. He's not active yet. He's practicing. Neil, the Bengals are are not the favorites. The Titans by three and a half. So I basically a home spread. It pretty much the home team's always fair by three. 
I, I really like the Bengals because of the matchup. I don't trust Cincinnati. I don't trust Tennessee as secondary. However, Tennessee can win this game if they score first. They have to play ahead. See, don't I make, think this – sorry. No, no, I, I just don't think they can win the game with Tannehill. Because mm-hmm. if they get behind that Bengals offense, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's a problem because then you have to start throwing more and more and more and more. Um, tell and I don't think they have three guys that can cover Chase Higgins and Boyd. No, and that's this is actually this is another game, and this is going to sound a lot like I said against the Raiders last week, but I think it stands up because this is going to be the problem the Bengals are going to run into all year. I think on the outside they match up really well. I think Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and even CJ Uzama. I think they match up really well with the Titans secondary. The Titans secondary has some good players, Janoris Jenkins and United, but they're not thin. They're not really deep in their players. It's kind of out there. They've been battered a lot by injuries in the secondary, which people haven't really talked about as much this year. Right. And in fact, I'd like to see like Cameron Batten's, Batten's status for this game and some of their other guys. It's going to make a difference. Like hell, even Janoris Jenkins is questionable for this game. Um, so I would like to see that, but I think the Titans have the matchup on the inside, but like Jeffrey Simmons and their interior pass rushers. Um, who's that guy from Indianapolis? For the Titans? The team, right? No, no, no. Yeah, on the interior. Well, they have D'Amico Autry, the Titans. D'Amico Autry. Yeah, D'Amico Autry. Um, they have D'Amico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons on the inside. And that's where I think the Bengals, like the Bengals have a kind of a mm, O-line, like you, you've seen it all year. So this is going to be like the – but the Raiders matchup, but the Raiders had really good exterior pass rushers and Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby and their tackles set up well enough. Now it's time to test the interior of that line against Jeffrey Simmons and Miko Autry. I think it's going to be fascinating because if they can get enough pressure, they might not matter on the matchups on the outside. I mean, even against the Chiefs, it almost didn't matter. The Chiefs in that loss, they hit him out of base. They didn't blitz and they hit him out of basically base formations nine times. They got, they got into that backfield, and they got real close to making some damage a lot of times, and eventually that turns. So I'm wondering if the interior pressure of the Titans is going to be enough to disrupt the flow of the Bengals' offense, especially if the Bengals keep running like this. So I think that's fascinating on that side. On the other side, yeah, it's going to depend a lot on if Derrick Henry's back, and we don't know that. We're going to find out probably Friday or Saturday. Because if Derrick Henry's not back, then they're going to have to rely a lot more on throwing to A.J. Brown, who, fine, the Bengals don't really have a great cover corner. They have Their defense is what I call okay all around. Their yeah. pass rush, you have Trey Anderson, some other dudes, it's okay. Their linebacker core, like Logan Wilson, some other dudes, it's okay. Cornerback room, it's okay. Safety is actually pretty good with Jesse Bates and Von Bell. But, yeah, it's probably not enough to stay in front of A.J. Brown, but if you can't get anything going on the ground, they just get the t- and Trey Henderson just gets the tee off. Yeah, that's a problem. But I think it's going to come down to is can the Bengals O-line hold up against the interior pass rush of the Titans? I don't know if it will. This one's going to be tough. I'm going to assume Derrick Henry's back. And frankly, I think Tennessee might make it out of this just as a statement game. Okay. I like the Bengals. So we're opposite for once as we were not opposite last week. No. Uh, the second game is Niners Packers, and you know what, Niners? Congratulations, you won game. a playoff game. I don't think it's fascinating. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to destroy the secondary. I see him and Devontae Adams just going off. Frankly, I think this is going to be. I think this will be a good game. 
I really do. Oh, okay. All right. I'm, well, I'm, I'm in. I'm, and this I, is, I don't think it will be. I mean, the Packers are only favored by six, which I get. Like, NFL, that's kind of big in the spread world. But I'm, I'm, I'm open to hear why you think it's going to be close. Well, it's because even with the improved – uh, Packers defense this year. They really are like Devondre Campbell's been one of the best linebackers in the league this year. It's kind of helped shore up that defense. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to my point. My point is, is historically, the Packers have really struggled against what the Niners do offensively. It's true. The Niners have a really good offensive line, and that zone run game has given the Packers fits in this game. Hell, it gave them fits earlier in the year. The Niners were almost in position to win that game against the Packers in a week. What was it? Week three. Like that game happened <laughs> and the Niners almost won. Like the, it was a close game and the Niners secondary was just as bad as it is today. Yeah. So uh, they've shown already this year, they can keep it close. And if they can get a reliable enough game for Jimmy Garoppolo, which I know th- that's, that's why I don't think it's going to be close. I can't trust him to do that now if he's consistent all game and like consistently good yeah i see a path i see I, it but I fred warner's injured fred uh, warner's fine he played the end of that cowboys game i know but he's a little banged up yeah uh, what's the other guy that got hurt in the cowboys game um nick bosa got hurt that's the big one yeah that they, one is they to big have deal. to have him because the way you beat a great quarterback like rogers brady mahomes allen gotta get to him you have to much four Four, not five, not six, four. I like the Packers. The Packers will cover too. I, I, I see a pass for the Niners. I just their quarterback is not going to let them. I think it'll be. A, I think they'll rely on the ground game. I think they'll attack the Packers that way with that zone run schemes, giving them fits. I think they'll keep it close, but I think the Packers win this game at Lambeau because it's going to be like twelve degrees. That always helps the Packers when it's that fucking cold. Um. I think the Packers will win this game. I think the secondary can't quite hold up, but I think it's going to be a really close game. In fact, I would not be surprised if the Niners won, frankly. I will say this, similar to the Titans, the Niners cannot play behind. they got to get the coin toss, and if they win the coin toss, you better go like this to the ref. Yeah, like we want the ball, and you got to go score. If they get down by two scores, this game is over. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go to the Sunday slate. Two games. Uh, by the way, the first game, Bengals signed CBS, 49ers Packers on Fox, 8-15 kickoff for that game. Sunday, NBC, 3 p.m., we got Rams, who are hosting the Super Bowl against the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This might be the second best. I think the Sunday games are the best games. Like, hands down, on paper, they're the best games. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it, it's this this game's really hard. I think this game is harder for me to pick than any of the other games. I the Buccaneers' run defense is not strong. No, can Matthew Stafford be that efficient again? No, that, that, I, I think I like the Bucks only because I trust Tom Brady. I trust Tom to get it done despite the pass rush because you know they're going to do quick check downs. They're going to try to get Mike Evans off Jalen Ramsey. If they don't, so be it. Just throw it to your tight ends. You got Gronkowski, you got Cameron Brain, you got OJ Howard. They can't defend all three of those guys. Yeah. And they got Scott Miller who could take the top off. This is a game I think the Bucs really need Godwin. 
And hell, even Antonio Brown. I I know the whole fiasco with that, but like this game would be a no brainer if they had Antonio Brown or Godwin. Oh, because it'd be so Rams, much better. The Rams don't have enough to cover those guys, and they kind of do now. But the offensive line comes into play for Tampa. Are they going to be healthy? Can they get rid of the ball fast enough before Aaron Donald just wrecks their whole D line? And Von Miller's been coming on as of late. It's tough. This is a really tough matchup because it's going to depend a lot on health. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is questionable. Ryan Jensen is questionable. These guys are big pieces. And the basically, to me, this game's going to come down to is Von Miller and Aaron Donald. Can they get home? If they can get home and harass Brady, the Rams can win this game. The Bucks defense has problems. They can't stop the run. They're really thin in the secondary. And they're going to have to go up against Cooper Cup and a revitalized Odell Beckham Jr. That's a problem. And that I don't know if they can surmount if their offense isn't on. And if their offense is getting pounded by Aaron Donald and Von Miller, and it's they can shut down basically Mike Evans with Jalen Ramsey, that's going to be tough sledding. The tight ends are the key to this game. Yeah, it's going to be. Like, I, I, get, the I, get, I get the offensive line, but you, Grog, OJ Howard, Cameron Bray, they have to win their matchups because you got to assume Jalen Ramsey's going to take Mike Evans out of the game. He'll get his. He's mm-hmm. a great receiver. Those three have to win on top of the O line. And that's how the Bucks win this game. On the flip side, I think the Rams need to get ahead because then they can pin their ears back. I think Stafford, yeah. this this run the ball. Even if you only get three yards a pop, you've got to make the play action hard enough to where the linebackers come in and you attack that weak secondary because they can do that. Yeah, you know. But I, I like the Buccaneers. I trust Tom more than Matthew Stafford. I think that's what's going to come down to is which quarterback and coaching staff makes the most adjustments. I trust the Buccaneers more than the Rams in that front. Because let's face it, the Cardinals shit the bed on Monday Night Football. The Rams look great. That that's all good and great. Is that really who the Rams are? That, I mean, they played the way they need to, but can they do that two weeks in a row? If they can't, I think they can get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, I mean, they don't like to win one more game. Yeah. But Tampa's fair by three. I'm gonna take Tampa by three. It's gonna be that close. Yeah, this one's tough because it's really – I really do think it comes down to the O-line. If their O-line's healthy, then, yeah, give me Tampa because Tom will sit back there. He'll pick apart their linebacking core trying to cover Gronk and Cameron Brayton, O.J. Howard all day long. But if it's not, then if they can get home – like, I know I've said it, but seriously, if they can get home, the Rams will win this game because I'm just not sure that the Buccaneers have enough weapons to keep up in a high-scoring matchup or if, like – Tom is just having to run for his life. I'm not sure they have enough out there. So this game is fascinating to me. I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to choose the Bucks mostly because I don't trust the non-star players on the Rams defense. But I think this is going to be another very close matchup, which it's the divisional round. They fucking better be. So let's get to the best game. Oh, oh, baby. Be still my beating heart. Buffalo. Kansas City in Arrowhead. It's part two. The Bills won earlier this season. To be fair, this is a way different Chiefs team. This is an angry, pissed off monster. Yes, this is like, going to be in a live crowd. It'll be. God, I would kill to be at this game. This game is going to be electric. Yep. But I um, also see a path for a blowout. I see it. 
I think the Chiefs can really blow out Buffalo. I think if the Chiefs get ahead and they let that D line, the Chiefs D line, pin their ears back, Buffalo's gonna have a long night. But yeah, but Josh Allen is is he's the key. He plays great. I think Buffalo wins. If he's not great, I think they struggle and lose because this is a way better Chiefs team than what they played earlier in the season. I think it's that drastic. Oh no, it's vastly better. The offense found it. The offense has found its mojo again. I mean, they were running around, chucking the ball the other against the Steelers and teams later this week. They've got their mojo back, and their defense is much better now. It's just a fact. I mean, especially if, like for Sean Finn is healthy for this game, and they don't have to play Mike Hughes, then their secondary is actually pretty decent. Like low key, sneaky decent. It's funny it, to me on the secondary front, real quick. All I hear from Bills fans say, because it's my first day back in the office. Mm-hmm. Oh, they better watch those holding those corners holding from the Chiefs. If if you're worried about that already, the Chiefs won. Yeah. Don't worry you're, about what the hell their their secondary does or whatnot. You better play. That that's my message to the team. Also, yeah, it's the Chiefs, press coverage. <laughs> yeah, like get the fuck over it. It's football. And guess what? They announced the officiating crew today. I can't quite remember his name. I retweeted earlier. Jack in 93. This officiating crew doesn't call a lot of penalties. So, like, let them play. This is playoff football, yeah. right? We hear it all the time at playoff basketball, right? Regular season, they might call some more in playoff basketball. It's more physical. It's playoff football. Get the hell over it. So, go ahead. Sorry. I wanted to bring that up on the secondary. No, yeah. No, it's – it's yeah, because if especially if they're more permissive than the, what the Chiefs do in press coverage, we'll be fine. Now, I'm not going to say the Chiefs are especially grabby anyway, but – no more so than any other team, but it's going to be interesting. Cause this, you're right. It's a very different chiefs unit. Cause the one they faced early in the year was a weird backsliding in. They were injured. The chiefs defenses, they didn't have Willie Gay back. They didn't have Chris Jones. I think uh, Rashad, one of their corners was out like one or two of their corners was out for that game. So that defense was hurting bad. Um, the offense was really in a funk at that point in the season where they just had no, nothing, but the offense has their mojo back. The defense is playing a lot better. I think that makes this game fascinating because both these teams are playing really well right now. And frankly, I'm having trouble deciding a winner. Like, because part of you goes, well, the Bills have the number one defense in the NFL and yada, yada, but their secondary, like, is Levi Wallace good enough to stand Tyree Kill for most of the game? And if they double him up, then that leaves Byron Pringle or Nicole Hardman open or Travis Kelsey across the middle. Like, what do you have to deal with a wheeling Chiefs defense? And with, especially if they use the running backs, like they against Steelers, like if Jarek McKinnon all of a sudden is a fucking problem, what are you doing about that? And then on the other side, yeah, the Chiefs defense is better, but Josh Allen's a tank. Stephon Diggs is a monster. I Gabriel mean, Davis, McKenzie, you exactly. have Singletary, Zach Boston, Dawson really Knox. Good. Dawson Knox has been an unsung hero for this Bills offense. Zach Moss is a good goal line running back, and he's a good guy in blitz protection i mean mm-hmm. yeah this is what you want right i mean sure this we would like this in the afc championship game i get that this is great i mean it's prime time it's cbs it's 6 30 eastern time like there's no east coast is going to bed early right like this is what we want it's a great matchup i it just like the the bills are number one defense in the nfl but since like week was it eight the chiefs have actually been the number one scoring defense in the nfl like these are two defenses that are playing extraordinarily well, the two offenses that are playing extraordinarily well. And like, look, I'm going to choose a winner. I Maybe this isn't the deepest 
analysis ever, but this is going to be a fun game. It is. I think that's what you have to look forward to. The Chiefs are fair by one half. It might be a pick when it's all said and done. I like the Chiefs, and this is the only reason why. It's hard enough being a team twice in the same season, right, with divisions. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to do it twice in their own building. I this is not the same but... Chiefs team. There's three keys to me. Mm-hmm. One number one is turnovers. you got to take advantage of your possessions, right? I'm not saying Buffalo can't say it's going to score every possession. That ain't going to happen this time, Bills fans. I'm sorry. It's not. And if it does, holy shit. <laughs> number two, Josh Allen has to – he, he doesn't have to have the same type of game against the Patriots, but he's got to be the superstar. And number three, I think if you're the Chiefs, you got to keep the ball away from Josh out. I think you got to be methodical. You got to have long six, eight minute drives. You got to have what at they least. They do now. It, it is what they do, but they have to execute it. Mm-hmm. I think that's your three keys. And I like the Chiefs. It's just hard. It's hard as hell to win an arrowhead twice. I'm going on the other end. I'm actually picking the Bills in this one. Wow. Game. I just I think they're the more well. You're a Chiefs team. fan too. I just want everybody to hear that first. I know you're a I Chiefs know. fan, and you're taking the Bills. Well, one, I'm a notorious pessimist. Two, I think the Bills are just the more well-rounded team. I think overall their defense is better than the Chiefs, and I think they're every bit as Do good. Do you not remember them giving up five rushing touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor? Like, if there's a weakness on this team, despite not having, oh yeah, the and, White, oh yeah, and it's the, Chiefs, the run defense, and the Chiefs are going to take advantage of that. You know, the notoriously run happy Chiefs. <laughs> like, I, look, I, I just think I think the Bills are going to be hungry for blood. I think they're going to be out to prove themselves. And I think that a steady diet of Josh Allen runs and Stefan Diggs, and I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Bills ultimately prevail because their defense is slightly more well-rounded, although I still have concerns about their secondary. I And, and pass rush, too. They don't really get home to the corner. Uh, not, it's not as good as the Chiefs. Their pass rush, they're like as a, as, and pass rush win rate, like they're good. They don't. Okay, but they play teams like the Jets, right? They play the like. The let's Chiefs be, have to play the Broncos. Let's not play. But this, this is a great offensive line they're going against. The, the Chiefs. I mean, okay, like the Bills' offensive line has not been that great all year. It's been good the last few weeks, but it takes one week to be bad. Well, and it's the well, Chiefs are the Chiefs tackles aren't oh, are are great. Like Orlando Brown's fine. He has some bad games occasionally, but Orlando Brown's fine. On the other side, they're starting a third stringer. They're starting Andrew Wiley out there. He's a he third stringer. He wear ball out. Yeah. So, but look, give me the Bills. I think they're going to come in and look. I'm not happy about it, but I think they're going to come in. I think they're going to win a close game. Yeah, that that's that's it. That's all the games. That was mm-hmm. a lot. Yep, that was a lot. If you stayed with us the whole episode, I really appreciate it. I know we do. Um, I'm sorry, wildcard weekend sucked. It was not super. <laughs> divisional round should be good on in history of the NFL. The divisional round is the best round. You have four great games, potentially. And you get conference championship. Nobody cares about the Pro Bowl and Super Bowl. So the only guy nobody cares about the Super Bowl. You said no Pro Bowl, <laughs> not Super Bowl. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Yeah, welcome to our football podcast, where we don't care about the Super Bowl. Eh, it's just what? the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Neil, anything you want to add before we wrap it up? No, just stay warm and enjoy football, folks. Absolutely. Again, you can find us on Twitter, TTSF underscore podcast. Neil, the Twitter handle for the fine people listening. Uh, Futurama42. 
And I'm at jackins 93 Again, you can find this on most podcast platforms. Until then, I hope you have a great day. Enjoy a great day, great weekend of football. Take care. Bye-bye.